Hello and welcome to the Thriving on Purpose broadcast. My name is Sebastian Richard and tonight I am joined by my lovely wife. Elizabeth Richard. And tonight is a special night. It's, um, it's a really good subject and I'm not going to dive deep right now in the subject because I want to just give you guys an intro before we dive deep in this wonderful subject. Uh, so if you haven't done so already, make, make sure you head on to thrivingonpurpose.com, sign up to our weekly newsletter to stay up to date with all of our news and updates. This will enable you to follow this ministry despite all the censorship that's going on. And while you're at it, make sure you check out our unique and wonderful and beautiful and amazingly designed Kingdom Patriot and Entrepreneurial and what else? He's wearing Li I'm, wear <laughs> I'm wearing the lion tonight. Really great. I love the lion. Now, King of Patriot. We're wearing the caps. There's a white version and the black version. I mean, there's a ton of stuff on the website you can check out. So make sure you check that out when you go to uh, thrivingonpurpose.com. And also, if you feel led to partner with this teaching ministry or to sow a seed, you can do so on our website by clicking the Give button. And now we have taken far too much of your precious time. Let us dive deep in tonight's subject matter, we're going to talk about the reason for our hope. The reason why, why do we have hope as believers? We're going to talk about that. And also you might've noticed in the corner, let me check this here on the screen. I always get confused with the camera. <laughs> right there. There you go. In the corner. Book launch week, book launch week this week. Uh, wonderful book. The, we're going to talk about plenty during this broadcast, and um, so it's called. It's, an, it's titled "I Did It All for You: An Intimate Letter from Jesus." So, the main what I want to talk about tonight is the reason for our hope. So, you know, we have friends. We have friends who are believers. We have friends who are unbelievers. We are family members who, you know, don't think we're weird because we're believers. And we're going to talk to as many people as we can tonight, because that's what this broadcast is about tonight specifically. Usually we we teach, we teach the Bible, and that's all great and, and dandy. But tonight we want to talk to a vaster and wider audience and talk about the reason for our hope. And I've noticed that uh, throughout the, the years, I mean, I've worked for, what, 18, like, well, 18 years in a secular company. But before that, I had begun working uh, I was 16 years old, my first job, and I spoke with hundreds of people about, uh, I'm not very good, Liz will confirm that, I'm not good at small talk, right? Like if I'm going to have a fun time, if I'm going to work with a person for, let's say, a, a four-hour shift or five-hour shift or, or eight-hour shift. He's going to have lots to say. I'm not just going to talk about the weather and sports. I might, but I want to expand on the deeper stuff. And I, that used to be the way I was at work. I would I would freely talk about my faith and, and open up and talk about um, the Bible, talk about current events, talk about uh, what's happening in society. I liked engaging with people on a more personal level, getting to know a little bit where they stand, how they, they think, how they believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, oftentimes, I would get to share uh, my beliefs with them. And sometimes it would go really good. I would encourage them. I would bless them. And they would say, hey, you know what? What you told me tonight, thanks a lot. It really helped me. Other times they'd be like, I think you're full of crap and I don't want to talk to you ever again. And I'd be like, you know what? That's okay too. <laughs> but the point is, 
I enjoyed these conversations. And here's what I've noticed. Uh, a lot of people have a lot of objections. And Liz, you've probably encountered the same stuff. When you when we share our faith, a lot of people are like, well, I don't believe in Jesus, or I don't believe in the Bible, or I don't believe in God. And they have their list of reasons why. But here's what I've noticed in these, these all these years is that it's pretty much always the same reasons when they don't have any, when they don't believe, it's pretty, pretty much always the same stuff that comes back. And I'm not dissing it as, oh, it's not good. There's some of that stuff that's pretty spot on. Like it, it, they can have a case for it. They can, you know, build up a, a case and say, you know what, here's my objection and uh, I'm sticking to my guns or whatever. Uh, so I'm going to go down the list here that I, I found online. I, I compiled it from different sources, and it, it, this is pretty much the 10 top objections concerning why people want nothing to do with Christianity, the Bible, God, Jesus, all of the above, okay? Number one, and I heard that one quite a bit, Christians are hypocrites. Well, that's true. We are. No, I'm kidding. Well, some of us are. <laughs> Obviously, if you've, if you've gone to church a few times... You probably did meet some who were hypocrites, or there's some like that you might have met in other settings, and you went like, "Man, what a hypocrite!" It's true, some of us are, but fortunately, Christianity is not based on Christians; it's based on Christ, and He was no hypocrite. And thank God for that. Number two, and I'm not gonna give, I'm not gonna debunk any of these, by the way, because uh, the book I wrote, I did it all for you. That is um, basically a letter from Jesus pretty much addresses all of those and is a very powerful read for anyone, okay, believer or not. Yeah. It's a very powerful read and it addresses that stuff because it's, let's face it, some of it is really good. Mm -hmm. Number two, what about the atrocities Christians have committed? Again, there's there's definitely some historical truth to that. Not, and, 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 uh, it doesn't mean it cannot be addressed. It doesn't mean there cannot be given a reasoned response that will probably make the person go like, hmm, I haven't thought of that. It, it, it's definitely dialogue engaging. Christianity is a crutch. I've heard that one before, Liz. Anyone yeah. there? Any? Have you heard any one of those so far? We're at number three right now. Christianity is a crutch. You heard that? Yeah, I think that um, a lot of people will see that as, you know, a lot of Christians... Um, that, you know, memorize their Bible and know it from A to Z. And, um, you know, sometimes there can be some religious, um, there's, there can be some religious spirit behind it where um, the person, you know, maybe doesn't explain it, it from a relationship standpoint and uh, knows it more from a tradition standpoint or a ritual of what they do from, you know, reading it and reading it, but not so much um, in a, in a, in a, in a relationship way where it's more like helping you, you know, go face through issues, but more like, um, you know, I believe in this because I've never really questioned it, but exactly. I've always believed I don't, in that. I believe in this, but I've and never really questioned it. my parents always believed in that and that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. My grandmother believed in it. My grandfather believed in it. My mother and father. And now it's my turn and I believe in it. But do you know why you believe in it? Well, because it's written in the Bible. Wow. Great explanation. Thank you. Okay, so so I, I get it, you know? Um, number number four, four, it's narrow-minded to think Jesus is the only way to God. I've heard that one a lot. Mm -hmm. as well. I mean, these are all very popular ones. 
being a good person is all that really matters. Yeah, I heard that one a lot as well. A yeah. lot of people will 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 fall back on, well, it's all about being kind to others and you'll be just fine if you're kind to others, you're a good person, you don't, don't kill anyone. You don't kill don't anyone, steal. you don't rape, you're you don't good. pillage, you don't steal. Wonderful, you know. Uh, so I've heard that one as well, addressed in the book as well. Uh, what about those who've never heard about Jesus? Oh, I've heard about that. What about those obscure villages in the jungle? And they've never heard about Jesus. What's going to happen to them? And then they look at you and they wait. Yeah. And that that's cool. That's a that's a good one. I kind of like that one myself because I used to, to question that myself. And I had to do a little bit of digging to figure it out. And, and of course, it's answerable. There's not, nothing there that's not answerable. Or number seven, they'll talk about the Bible is filled with errors. The Bible is filled with errors. Well, that is an interesting one for sure. I've had, um, I have a book here. I can see it right there on my bookshelf. It's the, the new evidence that demands a verdict. So I'm going to talk like I'm talking about my book tonight, but I'm going to, I can refer you to other books if ever you want to find out more about that. The new evidence that demands a verdict by uh, Josh, Josh McDowell and the case for Christ. Uh, there's a movie that was even made about that. We watched by, it yeah, a couple weeks ago. By an atheist that um, basically was on his own journey to to find out uh, facts about Jesus's crucifixion and and what took place. If there was actually a real foundation to believing uh, in Jesus, and he made um, they made a movie about it. It's a very very, very good, good movie. movie. I encourage you to go watch that. The Case for Christ. Yeah, um, it's the story of Lee Strobel who. Yeah. Used to be, he used to work for the Chicago Tribune, and he was an up-and-coming investigative journalist. And he had a promising career career ahead of him. And uh, God threw him a curveball. His wife converted to Christ, and then he was like, "Oh, oh, really? No, no, no. We're an atheist family. That's not gonna. That's not gonna roll here. It's not gonna work." And he decides to, since he's an investigative journalist, to start doing an investigation into Jesus Christ and Christianity to figure out for himself and also to debunk what his wife now believes that it's all, you know, not true. So he sets out and goes like, man, he goes to interview all the greatest minds in theology, in um, uh, medicine, in all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff. That It's a great movie. And he reaches a certain conclusion at the end of the movie. I don't want to sell the punchline. Great movie. It makes you think. Uh, so if you're a thinker and yeah. uh, the, it, it, you're one of those who say like the Bible's filled with errors, well, that movie might interest you. Number eight, and that one is huge. That one is huge. If God is so good, why is there so much evil in the world? I've heard that mm -hmm. one countless times. I used to have a simplistic answer. I'm going to be very honest with you guys. 25 years ago, I had a simplistic answer. A go-to answer, I would tell people, well, that's because human beings are sinful. Wow. You know, that's very simplistic, not quite satisfying to, for most real seekers. And with a time, I dug much deeper in this and I figured much about it a lot more than mm -hmm. I used to. And it became something that I was quite fascinated with. Uh, and number nine also goes with that. If God, again, that that if God is so good angle, why is there so much suffering in the world? And it's these I, I love these questions because, you know, I I understand. I mean, I get it. Like we, we live in a, in a very hurting world. And these are the questions that if someone has taken five minutes of their time to look around 
that's something that would probably pop up in their minds with good reason. Mm -hmm. So this is this is reasonable to ask these questions. And number 10, I've heard that one a lot as well. If there's a hell, if there is a hell, if it's true there's a hell, why would a loving God send people there? Because you just said God is good. You just said he's loving. Why would he ever send people in a place like that? Yeah. Great question as well. And, and that's why I really love this book. I did it all for you. Um, an intimate letter from Jesus, because it really addresses those issues, those those things that people question a lot about. And it, it really gives the Jesus perspective, but based on scripture, based yeah. on truth, so that you can know, you know, what you know, what is going on in the world that you're living in. And, um, you know, we've noticed that there's, uh, you know, a lot of people through these uh, difficult times that we've been going through, um, you know, have their own beliefs, right? They have their uh, beliefs in the universe and in the law of attraction, Mother and Earth, Mother Earth, um, you know, all kinds of things. Crystals. Um, looking, yeah, towards crystals to calm themselves, to give themselves peace Crystal or math. energy or, Pop. you know, yeah, there's all kinds of ways that. <laughs> <laughs> what, but, but people, like, yeah. seriously, uh, people found their own thing like everybody has who doesn't believe in god has their own thing to yeah. deal with the daily grind and yeah. it, it's understandable or, because human beings yeah we're made that way like we like we, we have we need... to understand yeah we have to understand that there is a higher power out there but you know either some people have um you know found all kinds of religions and beliefs and in some you know um I'm looking for the words like not Buddhist, but different religions. Also. Eastern, Eastern Eastern religions uh, yeah, have become big sense, in the West, yeah, ironically. To make more sense of their spirituality. And, um, and you know, what we've noticed is that a lot of people, when they, you know, that was great when things were going great. And then when the COVID hit and things were difficult and they were going through isolation and there was constant fear because fear you know, the, the, the death polls are going up on the a screen every day. And, you know, so many people died and this and that. And, and then close people near your family died or cousins or people that friends and whatnot. And then you question and then you're like, okay, what is happening to the reality that I'm living? You know, what, what's happening to this world? So then all of a sudden, that ground that that belief system was challenged, shattered challenged. Was challenged and shattered in many cases yeah. because then fear took over and then you know we're, we're not going to be zen believing in mother earth anymore and we're not going to believe in the universe singing the kumbaya universe doesn't work anymore me. and so you know now i either need something stronger i need some depression pills i need some um, you know, drugs, I need some, Alcohol, this, I need some, that, this or that, whatever I can find, uh, binge on Netflix. So I can't think of this reality. I can like just focus on movies because yeah. I can't deal with this world around me. And, you know, so all of this happened. And I think that, you know, we were talking a lot about this and, you know, friends and family and people around us, looking at us during this time and saying, well, why are you so calm? Like, why do you have so much peace? Like, 
like it mustn't be that bad where you live. You yeah, know, well, I live in a big city, so it must be way worse where I live because I'm hysterical and I need depression pills. But you, you seem super calm. Like th that doesn't make sense to me. So they tried to figure it out. Like they, they tried to go, well, it must be something in the water or it must be something where you're living. Your government is, is better, your provincial government or your, your state or this or that. Or, so they tried to explain it away because they look at you and, and they, they, they're like, well, it doesn't really make sense. They're not stressed out. And the reason we're not stressed out is because, and that's what we're going to talk about, the reason for our hope is Jesus Christ. It's a relationship with God. Uh, and, and I was telling this, this today, and I, I said, you know, the thing is, as human beings, we're limited beings. And on our own, if we don't have God in our life, we can only go so high and, and we can make ourselves better. We can work on our mindset all we want, all that. But when the whole world comes crashing down, like it did in the last couple of years, we have a ceiling of capacity uh, uh, to, to cope that eventually gets met. Everybody has a different ceiling. Some people are higher, some people, but it's still a human ceiling. And what I mean is human ceiling is a limited ceiling of capacity to deal, to cope. And, and, and when we reach that capacity to cope, well, that's like Liz said, then it's it's depressive antidepressants. Then it's uh, liquor, Alcohol. alcohols, uh, uh, drugs, whatever, uh, yeah. Netflix binging, uh, having fun, entertainment, whatever, um, uh, anything you can find. You're gonna try to find it to ground yourself, to find something that's gonna calm you down. And it, it's funny because across the years I've spoken to smokers, and they all told me that. And I'm I'm talking I'm not talking about pot here. I'm talking about simple cigarettes. They all told me makes me feel good. It calms me down. Mm -hmm. And I think every addiction at, at its basis kind of has that effect. Any addiction, mm -hmm. whether it's alcohol, whether it's porn, whether it's cigarettes, um, binging on Netflix, that's another addiction. Ice cream. When the person is overwhelmed, they go to that, they run to that. Why? And let's say it's ice cream. I'm, I'm mimicking ice cream here, but you've seen that in movies probably when, when the girl breaks up or, 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 or she's overwhelmed and she's freaking out and she's like, she's got a big thing of ice cream. She's crying. And <laughs> it calms her down, makes mm -hmm. her feel good, makes her feel better. Cigarettes, same thing. So people have a, a limit to what they can cope with, mm -hmm. humanly speaking. And this is what I love about having a relationship with God is that he breaks that glass ceiling for you. So the relationship with God brings you to a ceiling that explodes and that now has no limit. Mm -hmm. Now, the only limit it has is, is basically your, the depth of your relationship with him. Once you read, once you reach that ceiling, the ceiling breaks up and you start walking with God. Now, all of a sudden there, there, nothing is impossible with God. That's what right. the Bible says. Nothing is impossible with God. And that gives you tremendous assurance when you're faced with calamities, difficulties, trials. It doesn't mean it makes you Superman. I mean, don't get me wrong here. Christians, we, we have our own struggles and trials and difficulties and, and tears and, and all kinds of stuff. But the reason for our hope is that we hope in a God who can do all things. So that puts us in a in a place that we we can rely on a loving heavenly father who is limitless 
So when we are, are worried about anything that touches us in this earth realm, whether it's paying our rent on time or lost a job or uh, dealing with uh, grief, uh, uh, we lost a loved one or so, we always have him that we can go to and he can help us to manage what we find unmanageable. Yeah. And I want to talk about the God of the supernatural because yeah. a lot of people see God as uh, a religious book, a do and don't the kind of I mean thing. the Bible. Yeah. The Bible. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, okay. So if I'm a good Christian, I go to church and, you know, I, I read my Bible and um, that to them is, is something that's very empty that, that feels like it's not real because when they look at it from hindsight, they haven't experienced the relationship with, with God, with Jesus. Um, it's very abstract and you can't understand it until you do live it until you do accept Jesus in your heart as your Lord and savior. And it ignites something in you spiritually speaking. And so, um, you know, what I want to give you hope in instead of, you know, believing in the universe, which God created, um, which is supernatural and the law of attraction, the laws that he put in place. Um, when you believe in him, the ultimate power and you rely on him and you have faith and you, you move in your faith and you grow that faith, supernatural things start taking place in your life. It's very alive and real. So you're, you're praying, you're asking God to help you in a certain area and you're getting answers. There's things happening around you. There's things shifting that you're like, okay, that is my answer to prayer. Yeah. That is God. I know it's God because I just prayed for that. Or look at how he did it. Like, this is so amazing. You know, um, his brilliance, his smarts, the way he shows up in your life. And this is what the message is tonight is to give you hope because in the times that we're in, and I know for a lot of you are thinking, well, you know, the worst is over. No, it's not the worst. There's a lot of things happening that um, are going to show their ugly head soon. Yeah. Because of food shortages, because there's of a domino gas effect. prices. There's going a domino up. effect taking place yeah. right now that's going to bring us and, uh, and so bring we the world in a very, very difficult place. Yeah. And we don't want you to be in more fear than what the media has already, um, you know, uh, how should I say this, um, projected on the news on a daily basis. But um, it's inevitable that people are, are going to want to be in fear. And this is um, the opposite of what Jesus Christ came to bring us. He came to bring us hope. He came to bring us love. And, you know, there's a supernatural, there's a lot of the supernatural when you believe in God um, and you live that walk with him. Um, you know, like what we're talking about, you know, you can be in an area where there's calamity, there's there's crisis literally all around you and have this perfect peace inside of you because he gave it to you, Amen. because you asked for it, because he gave you supernatural peace. I mean, I've, I've known people that have gone through horrible things that, you know, um, chose to hold on to God and say, look, Lord, help me through this hard time. This is very difficult and had a supernatural joy hit yes. them where they had peace and joy and start laughing and, and really felt refreshed and rejuvenated. God can do that for you. Absolutely. He's the God of the supernatural. So, you know, I, I know a lot of people want to 
you know, go to, for example, crystals or different things that are very new age. And, and some people are even into white witchcraft and different things, you yeah. know, because they're looking for some kind of supernatural around them. And some kind of empowerment because we feel as human beings, we yeah. feel powerless. Mm -hmm. And therefore that's when we seek that kind of stuff. Well, maybe the, the, the crystals or the, the tarot cards or, or, or this or that is yeah, going I to, to empower me. It's going to my empower me to overcome this or that. Yeah. And, and I want to address something here that you kind of just briefly touched on. When this whole COVID thing exploded after a, a whole year, at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021, there were a lot of people who were exhausted, burnt, tired of living in fear yeah. and uh, depressed. And at the end of their rope that I know in my personal surroundings, mm -hmm. some of these people, uh, even surprisingly to me, they started saying, I started praying or I began seeking that or thinking that maybe there's answers in the Bible, or maybe I should go meet mm -hmm. with a pastor or stuff like that. Yeah. And I've met people, I, I've known people who've, who've said that. And then, then when the restrictions were starting to loosen, so they were just on the crux of doing that. They were just mm -hmm. on the crux of saying, I'm going to start seeking God. I want to know what you've got. I, I want to understand my world or my life better. And just when they were just about to dig in deeper to, to start seeking those answers, the government started um, easing on the restrictions. And then they they saw that on the news and they went like, oh, everything's going to go back to normal. Oh, phew. I don't have to look for God anymore. I'm going to be okay. So they kind of let that go. Went, it went back on the back of their minds and they mm -hmm. kind of like went like, well, I can chill now. I don't have to be in desperation mode because only desperate people look for God. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to be one of those. Thank goodness I can become I could be myself again because now we're going to get back to quote unquote normal. Mm -hmm. uh, I, we're talking to you guys tonight because, like she said, forget normal. Like that's that's the setting on your dryer. That's all it is. That's all normal is. There's not there's no normal. And 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 mm -hmm. whatever you thought was normal that that ain't coming back. So, see that was the Holy Spirit telling you that there was more that you were missing out on on knowing god and it was making and, you and, search and see, for because the truth. when you're uh, there's a there's a story i want to tell you guys there, there's this book written by cs lewis called the screw tape letters uh was it was it screw tape letters the i i'm i'm maybe wrong was it screw tape i think it was screw tape sounds yeah, yeah. sounds familiar screw tape letters and that book is very imaginative it, it's it's uh it's fiction Okay. C.S. Lewis was a Christian author, and the book was based on this premise. Check this out. It's an elderly, experienced demon training a rookie demon called Wormwood. So Screwtape is the more knowledgeable, experienced demon, and he's trained that younger novice who is just getting started. And the novice has a, a Christian that's assigned to him. Or yeah, uh, was that's that a, the title? Screw tape letters. The screw tape letters. Yes. And during the the book, and I, I read that man. I was like nineteen years old, so I forgot a lot about it. But I remember that story. At, at some point in the book, war breaks out, and the younger demon is like, "Yes, war. People are gonna die. There's gonna be horrific things happening." 
And that's the younger demon rejoicing over the fact that war was going to cause a lot of human death and all that and suffering. And he was half right. Now, Screwtape, who is more experienced, he says, don't rejoice over war. And he, that's where basically the expression comes. Uh, there are no atheists in foxholes. Basically, what happens in times of war, men are so scared that they seek God with an energy that they never had before, mm -hmm. which is kind of what we went through, globally speaking, during the, 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 the most difficult times of COVID, when we saw things we never thought we'd see on television. There's a lot of people who were so scared that they began seeking the Lord. They began thinking, well, maybe God is the answer, or maybe the Bible offers some uh, encouragement. Maybe I should open that uh, and start reading the Bible. And, and then they stopped. Why? Because everything eased off. Well, if you're one of those people tonight, I hope you're going to go back to that and maybe... I don't want to say re-embrace that sense of desperation because that's not what I want. But in a way, we must be desperate in our seeking for truth and for life and for God. Because when we're desperate, we find him. Uh, the Bible says, uh, you will, God says in, in the Bible, he says, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Mm -hmm. In other words, when we seek God with all of our heart, it's inevitable that we will find him. And a, a lot of people had begun that journey and it halted. They stopped it. And, and you know what? There is a devil. And he's a clever, clever dude. And he is very good at distracting us with all kinds of stuff. And, and you know what? He's an expert even at distracting us. It's not always with sin that he distracts us. Sometimes he distracts us with very good things. Uh, sometimes he's going to distract us with uh, taking care of our family. Or, or, or being too busy with our kids, or, um, geez, I, I mean, you could be a human or, humanitarian, for yeah. all I know, and super involved with uh, saving children in Africa. The devil can even use that to distract you from seeking God. So, and, and, the, and that's what happens, is that we let ourselves get distracted from those so important questions that the book, I Did It All For You, mm -hmm. covers. You wanted to say something. I'm sorry, Liz. You go ahead. I, I I talk a lot. Yeah, well, I just wanted to say, you know, um, I think that for many of you, reading this book is really going to give you a um a good knowledge of what Jesus Christ came to to do. Because a lot of you know that he existed, a lot of you know he died on the cross, yeah. but you don't know what he came to accomplish and what that means for you in your personal life. How how does that affect you in your everyday life? How does that change anything for you? How does that better your life in any way? And so that's the really the, the reason why this book was created. Um, you know, this this is a, a very affordable. It's very tiny. Oh, it's yeah. not long to read. And speaking of affor affordable, it's launch week. And for a limited time, I don't know how long we're going to keep it at that price. But for a limited time, you can get the Kindle version of this wonderful little book for 99 cents. Exactly. So it's not about the money. It's about spreading that message because I really believe that we're in a time where people are really suffering. They're suffering emotionally. They're suffering some in some cases physically. Look, let's let's face it. Uh, with the price of gas alone, a lot of people lost their cars. 
A lot of people could could, yeah. could barely afford the price of gas before, and now they can't even take their cars anymore. I know people like that who's like, oh, you know what? I can't take my car anymore. Yeah. Uh, so that that affects you even physically. Even truckers that have to fill in their tanks cost them over a thousand dollars. Yes. I and, mean, this is crazy. And that's not to men. Not, I'm not even mentioning here the price of food. Mm-hmm. Like for, for some people have big families. Like if you're if you're alone, it's already expensive. It's expensive enough. But if you have a family of five or six or seven people. Well, these hikes in prices affect us physically. It's very demanding and it causes distress. Mm-hmm. It causes a lot of distress. And in distress, we need comforting. We need answers. We yeah. seek more answers. We want answers. Exactly. And that's what this job, uh, this this book really does is that, um, you know, when we discuss about what was going to be in it and and the the whole um, you know, the Holy Spirit was showing us what needed to be in this book. And it's giving you those answers to those hard questions, to the things that a lot of people have questions and they don't get answers. And sometimes they don't even get answers, um, you know, when they ask somebody that that is a believer. So um, this is really based on scripture. How based many scriptures? A hundred, over 120 scriptures. Now, okay. they're they're not it's written in such a way that you're not going to read Bible verse after Bible verse. So just no, get that out of your it, head. because it really is but an they're intimate But they're letter. weaved in the text. It's like they're weaved in the text and there's notes also, tiny footnotes that you can go at the end of the book. And if you feel so inclined and you're like, I want to see what, I want to learn more about what, where's that in the Bible? Well, I put all the Bible references to what Jesus says in yeah. this letter mm-hmm. to where you can find the actual text in the Bible where he actually tackles that very subject. So it's so a it's very really well based on truth. It's not a fictional. That's what, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's not a fictional book, um, even if it's it's written in it's the written, first person, written in the first person. It's really Jesus talking to you. Yeah. Um, you know, we we've walked long enough uh, in in, you know, with him. Uh, to know how he sounds in a lot of ways because he speaks to us on a regular basis yeah. and we know how to hear his voice, but also we wanted there to be that foundational biblical scriptures, scriptures backing up everything in this letter so that you can know that it's really founded on truth, that he would actually really absolutely you know share this message with you. And 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 the book is is how can I put this? It really encompasses pretty much all of that he teaches in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, it, obviously I don't touch on all the parables and, and it, not all the miracles either, but his teachings. We're talking from a perspective: of what did he teach? Mm-hmm. What did he come to tell us while he was on Earth? Mm-hmm. This book covers it pretty good, and I believe that Jesus came to bring us good news. Mm-hmm. The gospel means good news, and you know what? Who doesn't need to hear good news nowadays? I mean, if there was a time in history where people need to hear good news, and I'm not talking uh, superficial good news. I'm talking deep, powerful, life-altering good news that you're going to be mind-blown after you read the whole thing. You're going to be like, so that's what he came to do. It's not just about dying for our sins but it was also this and that and that and this and that and get a, a full picture of everything the magnitude of, the magnitude of what was done when jesus restore. came yeah. and when he died and when he rose again and i think that 
if, if there was ever a time in history where people need to hear good news, it's right now because there's so much bad news. <laughs> and I mean, if you, you know, I, we don't even open up the news anymore here. I don't even know what's going on in my, yeah. uh, where, where we live. I'm kidding. But the point but, is and, there's and, so much bad news that we try to avoid it because it's so like discouraging. And you, and you know, for, for those of us that, um, you know, follow what it says in scripture and we look at the times and the signs and there's a lot of the guidance um, in the Bible to understand the times that we're living in. We know that the time is short when he will come back. Jesus will come back and uh, come to establish things. And, you know, we want to be ready for that time. Everybody needs to be ready for that time where you meet um, your savior and he's either the person that you have a relationship with or he's not, and you don't know him. And, um, you know, I think that this book is really a powerful to really help you make that powerful decision, um, you know, to follow him um, so that you do know where you're going to go. Because, you know, the reality is we could just, you know, leave uh, for work tomorrow morning and, you know, get hit by a car or something and not, and not know where we're going. Right. Yeah. And so you want to have that peace and that, that assurance. And that's another thing, you know, when you see people dropping like flies and death all around you, you know that you have this assurance. You know that you know 100% that you're going to heaven makes a total difference if you're going to be in faith or in fear. There, there's something that I really want to highlight here that's so important. And, and it's I'm going to share a story with you guys. You, those who listen to our broadcast know how much of a hockey fan I am. Now I'm going to have a hockey story. Bear with me, okay? Don't, don't punch me. <laughs> um. It was Wayne Gretzky who said, who told that story. Wayne Gretzky, growing up, idolized Gordie Howe. Gordie Howe was called Mr. Hockey. And he was the greatest hockey player who, who, who played all the way up until the time. The great one, Wayne Gretzky, showed up on the scene, appeared on the scene. But Wayne Gretzky uh, met Gordie Howe, I think he was 12 years old, the first time he met him. But I, I'm not, I may be wrong about that. But I remember seeing Wayne Gretzky in an interview saying, you know how many kids meet their favorite hockey player and it, it affects them either positively or negatively, but there's a high number of kids who were affected negatively by their first encounter with their, their favorite star or the, the, the hockey player they admired the most. A lot of kids, they go, they get out of this meeting and they're like, oh. Well, he wasn't very nice to me and he didn't make any time for me and he barely looked at me or whatever. And the kid is disappointing and, and kind of like become heartbroken, right? But Wayne Gretzky said, you know what was amazing for me is when I met Gordy Howe, he was even better than I had imagined in my mind of what it would be like to meet him. He was even kinder. He took more time and he did this and he did that. And so the impact on the young Wayne Gretzky of meeting his hero was phenomenal. Well, here's what I'm trying. I'm getting somewhere here. I'm going to land that plane. Okay. So bear with me. Here's what I'm saying. This is what I wanted to do with this book. A lot of people have heard about Jesus. A lot of people have a great, a great esteem of Jesus. A lot of people have a great opinion about Jesus. I don't think many people hate Jesus as a person, a lot of people think he's, he was a great man, right? Mm -hmm. But I packaged the book in such a way that I wanted to give the reader such a powerful encounter with Jesus 
that they're going to walk away from the book. Well, maybe not literally walk away from the book, but when they finish reading that book, they're going to be like, whoa, Jesus is even greater than the greatest thing I had imagined about him or greater than I had ever imagined that he could be. And it's changing my life. That was the goal when I wrote the book because I wanted people to get the whole picture of who he was. And I believe that he really helped me to write the book and that it does capture the greatness of this wonderful God that we serve. And uh, yeah, I wanted to share that because I think, I think the story was relevant. Was it relevant? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I'm good. <laughs> Cause sometimes I talk about hockey and she looks at me like, I can't believe you shared that story, but, but I love hockey. And I thought, that I wanted to share that with you. So basically, the premise of the book is very simple. It's very simple. If Jesus wrote you a letter, if he wrote you a letter concerning life, your life, his life, and everything happening in the world, would you read it? Would you read it? That's the question you need to ask yourself tonight. And for 99 cents, I hope you're going to say, you know what? I think I'd like to read it. Now, now bear with me. And, and I, I, we, I'm going to read to you the back cover, just the back cover. And I'm going to encourage you to go check it out on Amazon because it's so much better to read it for yourself, right? I'm going to encourage you to go check out the book on Amazon afterwards. But here's what the back cover says. What would Jesus say to you? I did it all for you is based on this singular premise. What would Jesus say to you if you were sitting in your living room? What would he tell you about himself and about you? What would he tell you about his death and resurrection? What would he tell you about his purpose and mission? In this unique, captivating, and revelatory letter, Jesus explains how he did it all for you. His words will transform your life no matter what circumstances you may be facing. I Did It All For You distills Jesus' timeless message as recorded in Scripture. It sheds further light on the uncompromising truth of His teachings and is seasoned with His unmistakable grace. It offers heavenly revelation and powerful encouragement, but also stern warnings concerning the times we live in. Through it, this letter, you will experience Jesus' compassion, truthfulness, wisdom, and unfailing love. Based on sound research and over 120 scripture references, this intimate letter from the Savior will fill your heart with hope and your mind with insight. But most importantly, his words will bring you peace and assurance amidst a world of chaos and uncertainty as they provide answers to your deepest and most pressing questions. That's the back cover. And like I said, I hope you're going to check it out. It's on sale right now. It won't be on sale at 99 cents forever. But right now it is, and you can get your hands on the Kindle edition for that price. Yes. So we're just going to end with a prayer, with um, a mess, uh, a prayer for you guys, and uh, 
you guys know where to find it on Amazon. And I hope that you're going to share it, um, share the book with, if it impacts your life, if it touches your heart, that you share it with others. So I'm going to pray. Okay, Liz. Yeah. So Lord Jesus, I pray that whoever is listening right now was encouraged with this message. Gave it, I hope that it gave them hope that there's more, that they can pierce that glass ceiling of their human limits and tap into your power, your glory, and your capacity, mm -hmm. which is limitless. Lord, I pray that it encourages them to seek out a relationship with you, whether it be through the book or just simply by grabbing their Bibles and falling to their knees tonight, Lord, and seeking your face and seeking you for answers. So, Lord, I pray that this uh, broadcast is a blessing. I pray that, uh, that, that people share it. And, uh, well, guys, I thank you for listening. And I hope, I'm just saying, I'm going to say amen here. Amen. And, and I, I hope this has encouraged you. And I hope that uh, if you are a believer and you feel, hey, my uh, friend, coworker, niece, whoever needs to hear this, share it with them. Yes. And um, if you have any questions about what we said um, and you want to speak to us, you know, message us. You can reach us on Facebook. Um, just look up Thriving on Purpose and you'll find us there. Uh, you can go to thrivingonpurpose.com, which is our website. Yeah. You can write to us through the Contact Us page. Or you can just simply email support at thrivingonpurpose.com. We check those emails and just write to us any questions that you may have. Uh, we'll, we'll be responding with you and we'll... Uh, hopefully be able to answer your questions. God bless you. And we'll be here next week. Oh, Jet, yeah, uh, it is Thursday night. And we, and we forgot to tell the listeners, those who are used to following our broadcast, we usually did it on Wednesdays. From now on, it's going to be on Thursdays. So we're changing days. It's going to be Thursdays, 7.30. We're keeping the same time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, – and it had been a while since I did a broadcast. So, so we're back now on Thursdays, hopefully weekly, at 7.30 Eastern time. All right. All right. Be God blessed. bless. Bye-bye.